You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Welcome, everybody. My name is Phil Nelson, the lead pastor here. Just so excited to have everyone together. You know, the Bible says how good and pleasant Some translation says, how awesome and wonderful is it when God's people come together to sing praises, to give praise to the Lord. How good and pleasant it is when others are gathered in unity to praise the Lord, especially in this season where there is so much disunity. The church needs to be a place where unity thrives. So glad you're here. I want to welcome those on live stream. Can we just even put our hands together and say welcome? We love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. Praying health and blessing over everyone watching. Pray that over over all of you as well. Uh, I wanted to take just a couple minutes before we get into the message to talk about two really important things that are happening in the life of our church. Um, number one is, you know, in, in, in light of this four-dimensional series, we, next week we're going to start uh, the second principle of 4D. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to wait and anticipate it. But it's, the second point has really led us to create courses, teaching courses, that allow you to go deeper, allow you to grow in the knowledge of the word of God, allow you to apply it, allow you to see how God has wired you to serve not only the local body, but to serve on mission to those around you wherever the Lord has you in life. And so we started this morning an Elevate Growth course called E101. This is not the intro to ECC that happened the last two weeks. The intro to ECC is for anybody right now who comes to our church that wants to get connected, even if you've been here for 10 years. This is really important for us, like I was saying, for unity's sake, for us to get on the same page for who we are, how we do ministry, and how we're structured as leadership and our values and our vision and our mission. This is not that. We're gonna do the intro to ECC course every quarter. So you'll have an opportunity to do that. But right now, this is our first of four E101s. And the E stands for elevate. Say elevate. Elevate 101 that we're doing right now is all about elevating your understanding of the foundations of the faith. Elevating your understanding of the foundations of the faith. I cannot more highly encourage these courses at 9 a.m. They're about a 35-minute teaching course that will just feed you and allow you to grow and feed on the word of God throughout the week. Again, we have said this over and over, but one of the biggest Problems or the biggest concern in the church of America is we're a mile wide and an inch deep. We're a mile wide in program. We're a mile wide in everything that we do. We're a mile wide in attendance. We're a mile wide in generosity. We're a mile wide in events. 
and yet an inch deep in the knowledge of our faith. And so this is why we're doing the Elevate courses. Now, our desire is that you would enter E101 and continue throughout the rest of the year in E201, which is Elevate Your Life, which is applying what you've learned in the Word. E301 is how are you wired to serve the kingdom of God? Do you realize that every single member of the body of Christ has a spiritual gift? We're all wired differently. We all think and process differently. We all express ourselves and worship differently. You need to understand in order to be impactful or uh, have an impact for the kingdom of God, understand how God has wired you. And then you're able to understand more about how God has called you to serve him. And then E401 is all about you being on mission wherever the Lord has you, Monday through Sunday. So these are the courses that we just want you to grow in. We would love for you to stick with the courses throughout the year, but we understand schedules. We understand that everyone's busy. So I would ask you to stay through the courses, but if you miss E101 this season, you can jump into E201. Just know that there may be some questions and maybe a gap from E101 to E201. I hope that's not confusing. So we started our first E101 today. If you were not able to make it, we want to invite you to come next Sunday to join in week two. This is going to be a sixth week course Right now, we don't have it on live stream, but in the future, we're looking at possibly doing some videos that cover the content. So if you're, if you're not able to make a course or a class, you can check in there. The second thing that is so important that's coming next Sunday is our fall festival. And we've been announcing this and announcing it. You've seen it on Facebook, but I just wanted to share with you our heart, and then I want to pray. We're not just doing this event to do an event and draw people to our church. That's part of it. We're doing events because we wanna be light in our community. We need to understand that sometimes when we do events as churches, in order to draw the unreached, you need to do things different that draw them and make them feel safe. And so we're doing a car show, car, bike, and truck show. We're gonna have inflatables for the kids. We're gonna have a teen zone that is literally specifically for just teens. We're gonna have food vendors. We're gonna have a petting zoo. We're gonna have everything for hopefully all ages. So it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a time for us as a body to connect with each other and learn new faces. But here's the thing that I don't want us to miss. If we just do an event that draws people to our property and they go home the same, what gain do we have? And so I wanna challenge every single Christian, every person who follows Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives within you, you have a mission next Sunday. Yes, enjoy, bring your kids. Yes, have fun. Yes, eat till your heart's content. Support local businesses. See incredible cars and foam at the mouth for the ones that you wish you had. But find one person or family you don't know, one. Can you imagine if 200 right in here found one person they don't know 
200 people would be reached in some way. We have been talking and talking and talking about two weeks ago, um, a man named Elliot Liskey talked about his experience in India and he talked about planting seeds that make an impact. Can you plant one seed next Sunday? One seed. Just ask him, say, um, what's, what's your spiritual background? Or ask him this question that really gets something. How are you doing in this season? How can I pray for you? You wanna see someone's jaw open? How can I pray for you? And then guess what? Right then and there, you pray for. How many people right here in this sanctuary and at home, how many of you can say, you know what? My life was impacted by someone praying for me when I needed it right there in the moment. I don't, I don't need to say anything else. But friends, if we're gonna be a four-dimensional church, we gotta have events, but we have to be on mission in these events. We have to be looking for people we don't know. You may, you may not know that the person walking right by you is thinking and contemplating taking their life that evening. You may not understand that the woman and the man walking six feet apart are actually married and they're putting in the paperwork for a divorce this week. You don't know. But if we have the light of Christ in us, the Bible tells us not to put it under a shade, but to let everyone see it, amen? Amen. We have got to become better and more bold about sharing the love of Jesus. You don't have to know the scriptures by heart. You have to know the one who wrote the scriptures. You don't have to have it memorized of what the Bible says about salvation. You need to have experienced salvation, the goodness of God. And so I share that and we're gonna pray in just a moment. But the other thing we need from all of you as you're serving, as you're connecting, is we need a lot of volunteers. There are clipboards in the front seats. Would you mind just taking them and passing them? I understand we're in a season of germs. We're in a season of trying to be um, careful and cautious. So if you don't want to grab the clipboard or the pen, just let it pass over you. But what you can do then is get out your phone and text SERVE to 937 754-5107. The last five digits is the zip code to Blanchester. Or email contact at myelevationcc.org. We need about 40 volunteers to make this happen. We need monitors at each inflatable, and it's gonna be our shifts. We need a cleaning team that is going around the tables and wiping things down and serving people. Do you realize that we're the hands and feet of Jesus? And as we serve others, we are reflecting the heart of Jesus. If you're not signed up for anything, what I would encourage you to do is pray as you walk. Pray as you walk. Pray and ask God to bring you to a couple, to a family, to someone who needs encouragement. Guys, this is what the church is about. It's not about the pastor on the pulpit. It's about the people moving out on mission to bring the lost to Jesus. Amen? So we need help signing up. Invite people. 
If you do anything, just invite someone. There's flyers in the back. They're going to pass them out to you as you leave. Invite them. Put one on the car at Kroger. I don't know. Maybe they'll be really mad if you do that. But invite people. Let's get people onto this campus so that they can see that they are loved by the Savior of the world. And they see that by our love. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, the only reason we do these events is to connect people to you to relationships of people who love you and follow you and to eventually lead them to real life change, which only comes from you, Jesus. I ask you to be with all of the elements, all the components, all of the details, even the weather, Father. Give us such a beautiful day. I pray you draw out the people who need to smile, to need to, to be loved in a moment. And I pray, Jesus, that you would be glorified in everything we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in the second week of the 4D series. Last week was an opener. And we talked, I just want to recap. It's all about becoming a four-dimensional Christian or becoming a 4D church. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, and maybe you weren't able to be here or watch last Sunday, it's really important to watch that message. It sets up the entire series, the reason and the why of why we're doing this. So often we see churches that are one-dimensional or two-dimensional, and like we see in the New Testament, people get on fire for Jesus, and they never grow. They never become more dimensional than just a relationship with Jesus. And all of a sudden life happens, circumstances happen, the world happens, and then they wonder why their faith seems to be so little. Is when we come to a knowing faith relationship with Jesus, the intention and design of that relationship is for us to grow. And we grow not only for us, but for others that we are called to influence and impact. And so in this series, being four-dimensional is all about the main thing. The main thing. The main thing is Jesus. Can you just say the name of Jesus? Jesus. That's the main thing. If we get off the main thing, we get in misalignment. And anyone who knows who's thrown out a back or a shoulder or, or a hip, when you get out of alignment, things don't function and move like they were designed to. And so the main thing, we got to keep this main thing in front of us day in, day out. That's why, take a snapshot of this. Keep this in front of you. Print this out at your work cubicle or your office. This is the main thing for every believer, but also for every church. Following Jesus is the main thing. Have you gotten off track? Then just get back in line of following Jesus. What does that look like? Well, being the church means ecclesia, which is people. It does not mean building. People gather in a building, but that is not the church. The people are the church where the Holy Spirit dwells. Filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Growing to look more and more like Jesus. That's called sanctification. Growing to look more and more like Jesus in everything we do through two things. Of course, more than two things, but this about sums it up. Christ's humility. 
and love. We need more Christians proclaiming the name of Jesus who are living and responding and acting in life in humility and in love. While living a life of sacrifice and obedience to fulfill the great commission. What is the great commission? All of us as followers, this should really be something that we memorize in time. But this is Jesus's words to the church before he leaves to sit at the right hand of the father awaiting the time where the father says, son, go get your bride. These are important words for us as a church. But more importantly, these are important words for sons and daughters of the most high God. Can we read that in quotations here together, loud and proud? And if you're at home, go ahead and read. Here we go. Go, therefore, and make disciples, a little louder, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so to be a four-dimensional Christian, to be a 4D church, is to keep the main thing, the main thing in everything we do. So in this series, we're gonna cover four, say four, four biblical principles that when applied, lived out, and driven by the main thing, God-sized things happen. That when this great commission, the main thing is lived out, applied and driven in our lives, God-sized things will happen. Don't you think a church called by God's name should be having God-sized things happen? Real life change happens when we make the main thing the main thing. The church building is no longer the church. It's the people who gather and worship and then head out into life, which is the church. Building their lives on Jesus. Let me say it this way. It's not about the church building. It's about the church building their lives on Jesus. Let me say it one more time. It's not about the church building. Is the church building important? Yeah, because that's where people gather. You see that in Acts. They went to the church, the temple, every day together to worship. It's not necessarily about the building. It's about the people who gather in that building for the purpose of building their lives on Jesus, his word and the Holy Spirit. Where are you in that? Are you just a Sunday to Sunday church hopper Christian? If you are, we love you and God loves you and he died, he sent his son to die for you, but not to stay there, to grow into a four-dimensional impacting Christian. And so we're gonna look at four biblical principles that when applied, lived out, and driven, God-sized things will happen. Our vision here at this church to see real people experience real life change will happen. Your life will not be the same. When people come into these doors and encounter Jesus, they will leave different 
than when they came. But we need to make the main thing and begin to live a life driven and marked by the great commission that Jesus gave us. So my question to you is, are you ready to become 4D? You don't have to say it out loud, but are you ready to change? Are you ready to grow? Are you ready to reflect what Jesus came to do? And if so, we're gonna start today with our first biblical principle. And we start this one first because I believe it's the most important of them all. What makes a 4D dimensional Christian and church is going dark. Going dark. We've talked about it. We have a Wednesday night and a Friday morning called Going Dark, but we need to really enhance and and even dive deeper into what that means for your daily life, not just event of coming to the church. Going dark is the most important thing to start the groundwork. Now, this is with the assumption that we're all believers here. Because a 4D Christian is one who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives. They believed in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross, and they have received his atonement, his redemption, his forgiveness of sins. Now this is about moving forward and growing as a church and a Christian. So the first biblical principle that makes a 4D Christian and church is going dark creating a lifestyle of prayer. Let me ask you to take a personal inventory, one through five, five being as good as it can really get. One is pretty much non-existent. Where are you? Where are you at in creating a lifestyle prayer? If you're like the average American Christian, you're probably at a two which makes sense why we don't see a lot of 4D churches, four-dimensional Christians that are on mission for Jesus, producing fruit of the Spirit and bringing people to Christ. That is our design, by the way. Jesus didn't die just to give you a get-out-of-hell-free card. He died so that you may have life and bring others the gospel good news to bring them life as well. But what we're gonna see in a moment is all of that is layers upon layers of this first layer of creating a time to meet with God. Creating a lifestyle of going dark. Let me explain why we call it going dark and you'll start to understand a little bit more. Going dark is a military term. Any military men and women out there, raise your hand loud and proud. Come on. By the way, every time I get, I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for your sacrifice. It's not in vain. We love you and we thank you for all that you've paid and all that you've done and sacrificed. But it is a military term, going dark. It's a lingo for literally sudden termination of communication. Sudden termination of public communication for the purpose of a private or secret mission. They can't be reached. They can't be communicated because it could 
ruin or forfeit the secret mission. Going dark spiritually jumps off of that. And a further definition of this is to remove oneself from all social media outlets and otherwise make oneself unavailable for contacting to anyone else but God. This will change your life. This will absolutely change your life and start to put feet to your Christian faith. It can also be said of going off the radar, pushing all other priorities and distractions for one purpose. This gets to the point here, friends, that you don't have to go to a room and close the door behind you and turn off the lights to go dark. You don't even have to be in a dark room or a dark place to go dark. It is about your mind, your heart, your will completely in the presence seeking God. All other distractions, all other schedules, all other stuff is put on the shelf for five minutes, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes or longer. It may be your prayer closet. It may be your vehicle. It may be your cubicle. It may be the bathroom. Going dark is about hitting pause on life so that you can breathe in life in God's presence. Realign. This is the mission of every believer, being still before the Father. When's the last time you were still in the Father's presence? Yes, his presence is always with you if you're a believer, but when have you literally recognized and entered the presence of God? Abiding and aligning with Jesus. When's the last time you truly have taken even 30 seconds to align yourself with Jesus? And this isn't supposed to be a condemnation, of um, guilt-filled message. However, there's conviction going all over the place, including me. Our lives are not in priority so often with what makes a four-dimensional church, starting with a lifestyle of prayer. So we're still before the Father. We create an environment or time to abide and align with Jesus. And then in that time, we yield and surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did this all the time, and he was the Son of God. If Jesus needed to do that, how much more does the church need a lifestyle of prayer? This is all about meeting with God, finding a hiding place or a refuge where you press pause to stop the business, the schedule, the chaos, the nonstop expectations and demands in life in order to meet with God. Let me tell you, stress would go down. Worry and anxiety would be way less. Bickering, unimportant arguments in the home would probably cease. Things that aren't so important would probably feel not so important and urgent. When we get 
this right, everything gets in alignment. Look at your life this past month. How has everything else come into alignment of this? Either lack thereof or a steady rhythm. We're all in different places in our spiritual journey. Where are you? Where are you? Check your pulse. The sad, sad, sad thing in today, 2021, and it hasn't changed for hundreds of years. Most Christians cannot tell you the last time they silenced everything around them to seek the face in the heart of God. That's not good. It's not healthy. When you go to a doctor and you have high blood pressure and your cholesterol's off, a lot of times they say, are you resting? They'll say, how's your sleep? How's your eating? Because how you eat, how you rest, and how you sleep, and the amount of stress that you allow in your life will affect your health. Same thing. You want to be a four-dimensional Christian? Want to grow more and more in the image of Jesus? You have to develop a pattern or a lifestyle of going dark, silencing yourself. If it's three minutes a day, that's three minutes a day you weren't going dark. So this is the first dimension for a reason. This is the starting point of growing in a relationship with God. And so because this is important, I'm gonna do something different in the remaining time of our message. I am literally going to let men and women who in the past several hundreds of years were marked Christian leaders, people leaders of the faith, heroes of the faith. I want them to teach to you about prayer. And then secondly, we're gonna look at the word of God. You cannot be a dimensional, a four-dimensional Christian without the word of God. Well, I got the Holy Spirit, I don't need the word. Well, the Holy Spirit guides you and directs you in the word. The word of God is so important. Are you in it? Are you breathing it? And when you pray and when you seek the face of God, if you're not grounded in the word or you don't even have a Bible near you, how are you going to know when God's speaking to you or when it's the lie of the enemy? We need to align everything to the word of God, amen? So let's look at some of the Christian leaders of the faith. You may not know the names. That's okay. The names really don't matter. These are people who have been transformed by a lifestyle of prayer. Prayer is the means by which God has established. God designed prayer for you to connect with him. He's established for God's people to invite the spiritual into the physical. 
When we're so focused on this physical earthly world, we cannot hear God. Prayer is the vehicle in which God invites us into the spiritual. And the invisible realm into the visible realm. You see, 4D Christians don't live just in the earthly realm. They abide in the heavenly spiritual realm. Know anyone like that? Yeah, their life's different. And everywhere they go, things change. This is the design of a Christian. Think about that. Next, prayer does not change God. We go in with a list of requests and God, would you just do this and do this and do this? I know my will shouldn't be my will. It's thy will be done, but could you just do this? And we focus on changing God and moving God's hand rather than us being changed by God's hand. Prayer does not change God, but it changes him or her who prays. Prayer should always, we know this, should always be our first response in life when anything happens, not our last resort. Let this minister to you. Let this impact you. Please don't make this just a Sunday where it's a 30-minute message and you go home. Martin Luther, not King Jr., but Martin Luther, who started the Lutheran denomination, who went against the current of religion. He says this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Christian, brother and sister in Christ, how are you breathing spiritually right now? Do you need a resuscitation? Do you need the paddles of the Holy Spirit to kind of come and shock you? Because he can do that. Where are you? And I love this by this, uh, uh, this priest. His name is um, Saint Padre Pio. Prayer is the oxygen to the soul. What are you breathing in? I'm not talking about everywhere you go, stopping and bowing and saying, da, 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 going through your prayers. I'm talking about a lifestyle of walking with God the Father, of constantly being mindful of Jesus as Lord of your life and consistently giving permission to the Holy Spirit to have access to your thoughts, to your heart. This is what it's about, friends. Oswald Chambers, many of you know him, of him. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. It's not something that gets us to a destination. It is the destination. Prayer in the presence of God is the greater work. Where's the greater work showing up in your life? There are treasures in the dark. 
God beckons us to come into the room, shut the door, and sit in the dark. Both personal and church revival. Revival is spiritual renewal of the people of God. Personal and spiritual and church revival is birthed in the dark. No movement of God happens without someone on their knees praying. God will not move if people are not praying. There is no other way to have it. It's always been this way, in the dark, and what happens there, and I'm not talking a dark room, I'm talking a life of prayer in the presence of God. It allows and equips you to walk in another dimension of strength, wisdom, power, and glory. The closed doors you are facing could possibly be God escorting you into the light of his presence to encounter him. Prayer's not for God, it's for you. Beth Moore says it this way. There are parts of our calling, every Christian is called. There are parts of the work of the Holy Spirit in the defeats of darkness that will come no other way than through furious, fervent, faith-filled, unceasing prayer. Where's that in your life? Well, you don't understand, Pastor Phil. I work 12 hours a day. I'm not talking about how much you work. I'm not talking about how busy you are. I'm not talking about the expectations in your life. I'm talking about, are you connected to this God you say you follow? Or is it just religion for you? Because no, if it's just religion for you, God still loves you and would send your son, his son to die for you, but you are still in the chains of religion that he died to set you free from. He's not looking for a set of prayers. Do you know that the average Christian never prays out loud? The average Christian, one out of three. Why? It's because they don't think they know what to say. Can you imagine me and Lauren, my wife, going through life and I'm just thinking what she needs to know. Some of you are saying, welcome to my marriage. (laughs) Can you imagine if we never sit down and talk about our hurts and our fears and our joys and the things in life? Can you imagine where our relationship would be? We wouldn't be married. Why do you think that almost 60% of Christians have or will be divorced. We don't know how to relate with that one another, let alone God. You see, friends, this is gonna set you free today. When you pray to God, just speak what's on your heart. He already knows your thoughts before you speak them, so why don't you just say them? Prayer's not for God to know. It's for you to give God your life, 
to connect with him and to receive from him. Next quote. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven. Go back to the Garden of Eden. That was prayer. Communion with God. That's what he longs for us today. The great Charles Spurgeon. Next one. Prayer makes a godly man. Now this is a while back. So he's meaning uh, both genders here. Prayer makes a godly man and puts within him the mind of Christ. Want the mind of Christ? Why don't you enter in prayer? It puts in him the mind of Christ, the mind of humility, the mind of self-surrender, of service, of pity and prayer. If we really pray, we will become more like God. Or else why pray? He's saying, if we really pray, we will become more like God, more like Christ, or else we'll quit praying. Why are you gonna pray for something that doesn't happen and that's not birthed in your life? That's called religious activity. Next, I have driven. Notice the person writing this. I have driven, been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. Have you been there? My own wisdom, President Abraham Lincoln, my own wisdom, and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. You see, we start to prioritize prayer when we realize there is one God in heaven and you're not it. And I'm not it. I realize that I am completely inadequate and insufficient to carry out anything godly in my life. Two more. Notice the authors. Prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God. That's going dark. And listening to his voice in the depths of our hearts. God speaks in the silence of our heart. Listening is the beginning of prayer. So if you don't know what to say, that's good. Don't say anything. Listen. Guys, that's why we do Wednesday night. I know that it's weird to some people. We have sometimes eerie. You may not like the music and that's okay. Bring your headphones. Some people do. We have soaking music for you just by yourself to listen. Just sit before God and listen. Listening is the beginning to prayer. Last one. By the late Reverend Billy Graham. We are to pray in times of adversity, lest we become faithless and unbelieving. We are to pray in times of prosperity, lest we become boastful and proud. 
We are to pray in times of danger lest we become fearful and doubting. And we are to pray in times of security lest we become self-sufficient. To get nations back on their feet, friends, to get our nation that so desperately needs to get back on their feet, Elevation Community Church Christians who call themselves Christians need to be on their knees consistently in prayer. So that's what many great leaders and heroes of the faith have to say. Can we just briefly look at what the word of God says about the importance of prayer? And I'm gonna let it minister to you. And there's a lot of scriptures, so go ahead, take all the pictures you need, write them down. In your time of prayer this week, read them, meditate on them because this will guide you into creating a lifestyle of prayer. Start with 1 Thessalonians chapter five. Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. You know, as a young Christian, I always said, I just want to be in the center of God's will. I just wanna know God's will for my life. How many of you are there? I wanna know God's will. I don't know what God's will. His will is right here. This is the Father's will for you to never stop praying and to be thankful in everything for this is God's will for those who belong to Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place even now because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain, the veil, into the most holy place of God. Right now, we are in God's presence, seated in heavenly places. And since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. This is prayer, friends. This should like kick down the door of religious prayer. This is not... Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Now kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others like we do. And, give, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For God is the kingdom of God. Amen. Now that can be a very sincere, heart-filled prayer. But it's not about going through the motions. It's about going into the presence. Big difference. Are you going through the motions of Christianity and prayer? Or are you entering the presence of God? The blessing and the curse is you get to choose. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Friends, When you need something the most, who is it you go to? It grieves my heart that we go to Facebook. It grieves my heart 
that we go to addiction, substance, pornography, gossip. When we need it most, we must go to the Father God. But if we don't develop a pattern and a lifestyle, we're not going to. When life really stinks, we're not going to just go to God. We're going to go back to what we normally do in life. That's why it's so important to develop a lifestyle of prayer. Psalms 27.4, the one thing I ask of the Lord. Let me ask you this. What's the one thing you have asked of the Lord lately? Does it match this? I can tell you probably not, but I'm getting there. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, what he's saying is the one thing that I'm going to ask and press into the Lord and the one thing that I am going to seek out and after is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. This is David before the Holy Spirit came to reside in man and woman who trusted in Jesus. Now we have 24 seven access to God's presence. How would the prophets and the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament look upon us who have what they never were able to see and experience in their life. And now the church has what they always long for. What would their feedback be in how we are cherishing and living a life in God's presence? Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. What do you earnestly search for in life? What do you thirst for? Is it the next episode on your Netflix binge? Is it who is texting me and what's going on in the church? This is my hang up. What is it for you that you earnestly seek and thirst for? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 Yes, I'm not done. I still have a few more scriptures because the word of God has a lot to say about prayer. Don't worry about anything. Now, if that wasn't something relevant for 2021, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. Well, that's impossible. No, it's not. It's, it actually isn't impossible when you develop a lifestyle of continual pursuit of God's presence in prayer. Pray about everything. So the solution to anxiety, friends, God's solution to worry and anxiety is to pray. Tell God what you need. And would you be thankful for what he's given you? Then you will experience peace. Four-dimensional Christians, four-dimensional churches are walking in peace because they've developed a lifestyle of prayer. Psalms 139, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting. 
You see, prayer is also about taking an inventory of your heart and casting anything that is blocking you from God onto the altar before him, asking for forgiveness. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us. We have to be mindful when we enter into God's presence, there can be no sin in our life untouched from the blood of Jesus. We need forgiveness. It blocks us. It keeps us from God's presence. Repentance is something we need to get in the habit of doing daily. But you don't even think about repentance if you don't have a habit and a pattern of entering God's presence. I had a conversation this morning about sacrifice and prayer. I've heard this said many times. The fragrance, the smell that pleases God the Father most, what is it? It's death. It's burning flesh. In the Old Testament, the only way to receive forgiveness temporarily was to burn a blameless, spotless animal and allow it to burn up for your wrongdoing. And Jesus did that once and for all so we don't need to keep on going through that burning sacrifice. However, in Psalms 51, God says, I don't want your burnt sacrifices anymore. I want a broken and contrite heart. You see, when we come into God's presence, we should have the smell of burning flesh, meaning we are dying to our sinful ways. You can't enter God's presence in prayer and expect that your sin is going to just be a pleasing sacrifice to God. We have to lay it on the altar. Last scripture of the day. No, I lied. Lord, forgive me. Put that on the altar. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. So, as the band comes up, I want to give you an application. And I can't think of any greater scripture on prayer than this one, especially with our world and the condition that it is. I believe with all my heart, all my heart, I really do, that the fate of America rests on the shoulders of the church. I really do. The fate of America rests on the shoulders of the church. How is the church bearing the burden of that? Because if the church doesn't begin to create a lifestyle of getting on their face before God, there is no hope for America. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 through 15. Then if my people, the church, who's my people? It's those who are called by God's name. You bear the name of Christ on you. If... If, this is a conditional proposition from God. If you, then I will. If you don't, I won't. Look at this. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
Then I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sins and will restore and heal their land. Guys, this is the proposition that God is giving us while time is still remaining. And so here's how the application breaks down from the scripture. And then we're going to worship in response. Number one, humble ourselves, laying ourselves, our priorities, our schedules, our distractions, our busyness, our wants, our needs, our dreams, laying them on the altar before God. So let me ask you guys, let me ask you, what will it take for you to be present in his presence? What will it take? Only you and God know this. And are you willing to pay the cost? King David said, you can't worship God without paying a cost. Prayer must cost us our humility. Number two, seek his face in prayer. What kind of environment, what kind of environment do you need to silence the noise and seek his face? What kind of environment? Now, let me tell you, Wednesday nights, we do going dark. We as a staff, we've been talking, we'd like to create more opportunities for different styles of prayer. One may be soaking, one may be a room that's just completely quiet and dark. This week, we're gonna add another form of prayer. On Wednesday nights from six to nine, you don't have to come the whole time. It's just a pocket of time that fits for your schedule. We are gonna lead a prayer walk into our community and around our facility. Walk and pray. Come in and soak, take communion, come to the altar. If you need a quiet place, go find a place in the building that's quiet. If not, can you commit maybe part of that time to be at home? Go to your prayer closet. Maybe you're working, maybe take a break. Whatever it is, you don't need the church building to pray. But we do need to commit to a life of prayer. Number three, turn from what keeps you from him. Simply spoken, turn from what keeps you from God. What do you need to lay down that's robbing you from time with the Lord? What is it? is for you. Are you willing to lay that down? And lastly, let the word of God and the Holy Spirit lead your time when you go dark. Are you taking time to listen to God? It changes everything, guys. I know as a parent, when I'm trying to teach and instruct my kids. It is annoying and aggravating as all get out when they won't stop talking. And I have to say, will you listen to what daddy is asking you to do? I am asking you to look both ways before you cross the street. Do you hear me? Yes. We need to develop a habit of listening to God. So we're gonna create just a few minutes of time 
for you to go dark right now. You can come to the altar. You can bow at your seat. You can even walk outside and go walk for a couple minutes if you'd like. You can walk around this facility and just pray if you'd like. We're going to take three to five minutes right now. And we're going to be in his presence. If you don't know what to do, just listen to daddy. Open your Bible. Open your Bible on your phone. There's Bibles in the lobby you can get. Come to the altar. Take communion. If you'd like, on either corner, either side. We're not going to have a prayer team up here to pray for you. This is you praying and seeking God's face. So let's do it right now, wherever you're at. Can we dim the lights, please? Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. 